the Barbie movie, Weird Ass Teachers, and Bronnie James. This ain't your mama's podcast. It's the Chico DeManuel Show. Let's get it. take my advice because I've been in six field relationships. Without further ado, I found some topics on the internet that were uh, were poised by, were, were posed, I should say, by some people who were confused and they were asking some questions and they wanted some guidance from a person they didn't know. So I figured I would be the greatest candidate for that. So this one here says, I broke up with my ex because he admittedly cheated on me and along with long ass texts begging for me to answer his calls or meet him for five minutes, he sent a hideous crying selfie to show how regretful he is. I feel the urge to post it online, but I know that's kind of cruel and his friends would see it. Foul play or well deserved? Well, I personally have made, I've made a previous episode about this. Revenge is a, revenge is a dish that's best not, not indulged in. Like you could do it and it'd probably feel good like at the end of the day it highlights what a terrible person you are even though he admitted he cheated on you like just because you're salty about that and, and, and deservedly salty it doesn't give you any doesn't give you any authority to just go and you know leak out the inner details of your relationship out to the public simply just to put him down like what do you really gain from that like what do you actually net from taking from engaging in that course of action like okay like you feel better he feels worse if he feels bad at all you know i know at this point i don't really think much of it in that sense like it's not like at the end of the world i'm not saying it's a good thing but it's like all right you cheated like you know did you not you, you didn't crash my car though right you didn't set my house on fire right like you know that's kind of where that falls among the priority of like negative things i don't want you know just me personally but uh yeah i think you should just uh if you're gonna be done with him, be done with him. But the whole get backs and being childish and shit, it's always gonna ultimately reflect poorly back on you because like you're petty enough to engage in this kind of shit. Like just call it quits, man. People fucking break up all the time. There's no reason to, you know, and, I, and I'm guilty of this. Just, just even a couple weeks ago, I sent a rude ass message to my ex, but 
I actually I thought about it for a week. I'm like, this shit's still on my mind. Like, I know I did something wrong. Like, I sent the message, apologized, and we spoke, and it was that. It's like, you know, I'll never date you again, but, like, when I'm back in that area, you know, hopefully you're civil enough where we can have a drink, we can chill, we can do something like that. It ain't got to be all that. But in the meantime, I apologize for being a dick, and I'll catch up with you. So, yeah, there's that. Another one says, when asking someone out, do you have to use the word date? for it to officially be a date. And um, I, per, I I think this is a stupid question. This question is stupid. There's no substance, there's no meat in this question, but I figured I'd answer it anyways, just out of the sheer lack of thought and energy put into this question. Like when asking someone out, do you have to use the word date for it to officially be a date? Like, you know, a date could be like an appointment. Like you have a date at the fucking hair salon or you have a date at, at the fucking uh at the at the human services office at the DMV or some shit. Like date is a real ambiguous term. It's kinda like it's got the flexibility like the word motherfucker has. Like like a date could be a person, a date could be a thing, or a date could you know, a date could be an idea, a date could be a place, like I've got a date at such and such, you know, like you know, I got, I got a date at Charlie's, you know, like dates a real ambiguous word. It's real flexible. So I, I mean, but no, you don't have to use that word. Like if I say, Hey, do you want to come to my house and have sex with me? That's a date, but I don't have to say, Hey, would you like to go on a date with me to my house and have sex with me? So, you know, it's a date. Like if you invite a person to an event or for some type of one-on-one, like heads up encounter, where it's just you and this other person. And y'all going to do something with the with the implied intent that you're trying to get to know each other better, that there's some kind of chemistry there. There's some type of spark that can ignite and become a flame at some point. So not using the word date doesn't disqualify it from a date. Like, you know, if you guys go out to fucking shoot a game of pool and have a drink, that's a date. If you guys go out to the movies, that's a date. If you guys go sit in the park and watch the birds and count the squirrels, that's a date. If you guys sit in the car and smoke a blunt, that's a date. You know, I think we don't need to put this much pressure on the verbiage and on on, on the language to where like nobody like it, it's, it's got to. Like I said, date's a flexible word, but something's got to fucking mean something, man. Or otherwise we end up asking questions like this, which come off relatively simple, but we don't really know how the fuck to answer it. Like, do you do I got to use the word date? Like, is the shit really that technical? So like a chick would just go out with me and do all this shit. And it was like, you never said those were dates like what the fuck come on now you know you don't have to use the word date but you know if it's if you've invited someone or you've accepted an offer to a one-on-one outing you're not taking a a, a third wheel or anything or no double date <laughs> i mean it's even like, you know if you're not doing anything like that it's, it's a fucking date like that i would use that i would describe that as a date in every sense of the word all right, another one here. Um, uh, I know uh, I know. come over and watch movies usually means have sex. But what are other signs that it's nothing but a booty call? Well, I mean, well, what other kind of calls do you get from them? If every time you get a call from this gentleman is to come over and watch movies or, you know, it's always at his house or is that a a hotel room or is in a secluded area within someone else's house like if you're not doing any other activities without the pretense that there's going to be sex at some point then you're probably a booty call like if he's not just hitting you up to like have dinner 
or like, you know, fucking y'all go work out together or, you know, he's sitting here and y'all talk on the phone for maybe five, ten minutes or some shit. Y'all have extended little mini conversations or you're not. If, if if the end game of every interaction or most of the interactions, a large majority of the interactions end with you getting fucked, like not like negatively, like intercourse, coitus, if it, if it results in you getting dicked down, then you probably a booty call. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like you can do that. That is the action you can take. And it's not, it's not. There could be worse actions you could take regarding your sexual health and life, but it's not, you know, you, you kind of don't, that's a real step in, step out. It's like being in the eye of the storm. Like you don't want to, you don't want to dwell in that spot because the storm is moving and pretty soon that eye you're standing in is going to be the fucking, not the eye. So like you, you, you end up in these situations. It's a part of the experience. It's part of growing up. I wouldn't recommended i wouldn't like say go on a diehard mission to do that to be sexually explorative or promiscuous but don't don't fight everything you know let let shit happen but if, if someone's if, if all you're doing is if it's putting some shit on the tv and like you gotta be in a bed at some point or y'all it's like close contact like all that type of shit if it's not like y'all getting together to like do a skit or fucking like it's gotta be like some activities that just don't that ain't overlays for the underplay of intercourse. So if, if that's all you're getting from a guy, then like, yeah, you're, you're probably nothing but a booty call. Another good way to tell is ask for more. Like, ask him to define the relationship. I'm not, you know, I hate when it happens to me because, like, the relationship defines itself as far as I'm concerned. That's just somebody wanting a, a verbal account of what's going on. But just ask him. Like, ask him, what are you? And if you don't get any calls back, after that point <laughs> you were a booty call like almost absolutely all right i can maybe squeeze one more of these in let me see okay so i think this might be you know what? i'm just i'm gonna just do this one wait what hold on Okay, yeah, I think this would be a good one to close out on. It's a little meaty. If a close friend likes or writes a compliment on one of my ex's pictures on social media, and the only reason they even know each other is through me, am I wrong for being irritated at it? Now, to answer this question, I would not say you are wrong. You're not wrong like 2 plus 3 equals 6. That's wrong. You're more like... 2 plus X equals 6. That's more your equation. Like, you can get irritated at whatever the fuck you want to get irritated at. The irritation is an event that happens solely within your consciousness. So, like, you being irritated does not... They don't get, like, a mental notification. Nothing rings on their phone. Like, without some type of signs or, or, or symptoms, they don't ever know you're irritated. So... When you really think it out, like you gotta just kinda have good judgment. In order to have good judgment, you gotta leave the vast majority of your emotions, you know, you gotta you gotta leave them in, at, at home. You can't be making sound judgments about situations like this, which I would say is pretty touchy, with too many emotions because your emotions are fleeting. 
and logic is much more consistent and it will be there tomorrow it will you know if it does change meaning or things it's going to be a period of time because a, a large event needs to be carried out in order for you to have a different hindsight perspective on something but i mean if it's just innocent conversation like if you don't think if you don't really have any evidence hard evidence like like some damning text messages some damning photos like not you're not wrong in the sense like you're incorrect but i do think it's not is not a worthy endeavor to pursue and expect to get any positive ROI out of that shit. Like, if you do this, it's a complete pleasure venture. Like, it might make you feel good. You might actually even get to see, to inflict the the counter punishment that you want inflicted. And then some maybe. But like, what does that actually net you? It only shows that you're not dealing with the issue and the issue has eaten you alive and taken over you and this person has thus controlled you so you're not incorrect but like being wrong at it is not the is not the suggested response to something that could absolutely be innocent innocuous i know like like probably not and they very well might be screwing around behind your back or doing some some suspect shit. However, if you can't prove that, like if you can't win an argument by by reason or by humiliation or by opponent submitting, backing out, not wanting to participate in that discussion no more. <coughs> excuse me. You got to have some hard evidence, like real hard evidence that like is undeniable. <coughs> Like you almost got to have had to have caught them in the act prior, <clears throat> but didn't say anything. Type shit. So, if a close friend is complimenting on you on the friend's pictures and and you are the mutual link between them, I would say that's cause for investigation. Is is cause to keep your eye open and you have to have a firm boundary set on when this is gonna become too much and when all this shit is something that I just don't have time to, to fritter away at worrying about all goddamn day long like if it crosses this point i'll say something about it if it just stays to commenting on photos and little shit like that and it don't seem to be no seduction going on or no or no misbehavior we just gonna let that shit ride this has been dating advice from a stranger i hope it works for you but on the inside i'm secretly jealous and i hope you fail enjoy the rest of the show Hey, it's Chico here. I'm here to tell you about my new series that I'm going to be working on and I'm going to be putting into a series of nine installments. Uh, it's going to be called, it's going to feature as the weekend report. It's still the Chico Demanuel show, but it's going to be called the weekend report. And I'm going to focus on a set of 27 logical fallacies. I'm going to just find them, explain them, find real life examples of them and show how they've been used and how people use them to to get over on people and distract them from objective truth and aligning with the path that would be most beneficial to them. You know, language is very powerful. So it's going to be coming out, if not this coming Saturday, which is what today the 25th. So we got Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, it'll be 29th. If not the 29th, July 29th, 2023, the first the first installment will be coming out on 
the Saturday following that or Sunday because it's the weekend, but most likely Saturday. So, yeah, it's going to be called The Weekend Report. It's a nine-part series which delve into three different logical fallacies each week. And the point of this is to help educate people on how to communicate effectively and how to take stances and have ideals and values that represent the wants and interests of everybody and help contribute to a culture that can articulate itself and stand out and have an identity because we're really lacking that right now. And I think a lot of it is pseudo intelligence. People think they're smarter than they are like Dunning Kruger, all this and that, like people highly overestimate themselves and that has consequences. So we need to, I, I'm going to do my part to make sure that the next random encounter that you have when debating of tense or important subject comes to matter and that, that, that both of you guys can communicate effectively. You guys can have a mutual respect for one another without it escalating to violence. And, you know, things can get done like, like we, we, culture can be defined. Things can have concrete and, and cemented meanings again. So be looking out for that either this coming Saturday, July 29th, or the following Saturday, the Weekend Report, uh, nine-part series on Chico Demanuel Show. I'm going to have fun doing it. It's going to be a great project. And uh, if you want to donate or contribute to this in any way, I have Cash App. It's dollar sign pay Chico now, all one word. If you want to give one time, if you want to give more, whatever you want to do, it would, it would absolutely help. You know, I'm trying to do my part. I'm trying to follow my heart and do something useful and something memorable for the culture in in a desperate time of need so yeah once again i have cash app that's pay chico now all one word if you have chime you can send me money through chime it's a uh, dollar sign chico demand well all one word and um you can contact me you can get in touch with me if you want to support in any way i would appreciate anything i've never really even asked for something like that before but you know at this point, I just, I, I don't see how I cannot. I would really prefer not to, but I don't see how I cannot. Like, if you guys want to do it, you can do it. I'm not going to, you're not going to hear me asking for anything a whole lot because I feel like if this is my journey, a portion of it should fall on my shoulders. I should be able to do this. I need to be able to do whatever it takes in my life to make sure that this can be done no matter what, <clears throat> you know? So, uh, yeah, just wanted to plug that in. I thank you guys for listening. Uh, I appreciate anybody who has gotten anything substantial or, or finds this entertaining and something that they could see themselves incorporating into their daily routine. You know, I'm trying to create a ton of content, I'm trying to really put my mind out there and get my brand going. So I appreciate everybody. Thank you. This is way wordier than it needed to be. Nevertheless, I said what needed to be said. Enjoy the rest of the show. Movie nerds, listen up. This segment's gonna be for you. Also, I'm gonna be smoking dabs throughout, so if you hear me dying over here, that's all that is. I'm dying. I'm dying. People are dying. Trump 2024. Okay, so uh, let me scoot on over here. So about this Barbie shit. This movie, first of all, uh, before I even praise, criticize, whatever I think I'm gonna do with it, I... 
I feel it necessary to say that I was never gonna watch this shit anyway. Like it's not, it's not aimed at me. It's not meant for me. Yeah, good stuff. It's not meant for me. It's not something that that was ever meant to to cross my palate. So I've been hearing very very mixed reviews about the Barbie movie. And you're going to be excited when this is all said and done, but I I'll continue. I've heard very mixed reviews about the Barbie movie. On one end, I hear it's like really it's the journey and it's everything Barbie fans wanted or whatever, which, you know, once, once again, I'm not a fucking Barbie fan. That shit is a complete miss for me. But it's just getting a lot of hoopla. And when things get a lot of hoopla, I know it's probably something stupid. And that's kind of my thing now to delve into that and, like, analyze it. So I delved into it and analyzed it. And from I went to Rotten Tomatoes because I, I never would have thought to watch this movie but I want to see some reviews. I want to see what people think about it. It's PG-13 on the Tomatometer. 340 reviews, 90%. Certified fresh. Audience score, 88% based on 5,000 plus verified ratings. So if, if you're looking at this, you would assume that the movie was pretty damn good. You know, these are pretty, pretty uh, convincing numbers. I'm not going to rate it. Fuck no, I'm not going to rate it. Let's look at some of the critic reviews. I'm going to just start just going down here. Starting at the top. Lena Lacaro, LA Weekly, Village Voice. Things end with an attempt to bring Barbie's origin story full circle, but the transition is clunky, and it, and it suggests this was just supposed to be a legally blonde style take on the Pinocchio tale all along. So yeah, Rotten Tomato there. A candy-colored Trojan horse into the heart of contemporary culture and features superb and layered performances. Did these fucking people ever speak English? A candy-colored Trojan horse into the heart of contemporary culture. Like, did you like this shit or not? Like, judging the review is just all connotation. Like, I gotta look at the type of words you use. To a candy-colored Trojan horse into the heart of contemporary culture. Like, it features superb and layered performances. Like, so was it good? Was the movie good? John Paul King, Washington Blade, by the way. This one's Corey Woodruff, For the Win, USA Today. This is absolutely sensational, and anyone who can't vibe with the sharp, empathetic commentary here has got to grow up. This is really one of the best IP films ever. Okay. Zofia Wojcicki. Barbie is well worth seeing on the big screen. This campy mix of genres is a summer blockbuster for a reason and will be a perfect position for both young adults and those who have outgrown playing with dolls but wish to reminisce. The fuck does that mean? Uh, that was a film nerdette, by the way. Let's see. I want to find another rotten potato. I mean, rotten potato. Rotten tomato. I want to find another rotten. Like, we want to go, like, pretty much... Who's squeaky rust bucket? Fucking name. Uh, okay. Camilla Long, Times, UK. She's got a star that says, Top Critic. In trying to be comically ahead of the sexism curve, it ended up feeling sexist itself. Now, listen to that review. 
Isn't that direct? Isn't that straight up? A candy-colored Trojan horse filled with marvelous, fantastic, and exceptionally exquisite adjectives bunched in a series to make you think something good when I've actually said nothing at all. Just straight and direct. And trying to be comically ahead of the sexism curve and end up feeling sexist. The movie felt sexist. That's what I thought about it. You don't need a paragraph and 76 adjectives to describe that shit. That was Camilla Long, Times, UK Times. Walter Shaw, Film Freak Central. Barbie is a movie about Barbie made with the political awareness, consistency, and intelligence of the doll. Perhaps realizing it's in deep water without a swimming lesson. Okay, let's find a couple more likes. I got a like, don't like, and a like right here, so. Sarah Clements, Pay Your Weight. Gerwig thoughtfully and beautifully explores the uniqueness of women. The feminine in its beauty and in all forms and imperfections. We don't fit in a box and never will. Like, what? where is this coming from? Like, why is there this existential movement for, like, women who think they're oppressed? Like, not women who are actually in some tough situations and overcome the eye. Like, these are women who just who just feel that vibe but don't actually experience this. Like, you're, you're a movie critic. Like, what do you mean you don't fit into a box? There's your box. You're a fucking movie critic. <laughs> Mark Johnson, Awards Daily. While Gerwig's deeper meaning is to give everyone a voice, I worry that the average moviegoer won't see the forest for the trees and only take the surface-level message to heart. Christopher Michel, Cineview. Regardless of Mattel's corporate intentions, Gerwig has crafted a warm, funny, and cinematically rich film. If one whose narrative and political ambitions are far less radical than it would like us to suppose. See, I'm seeing all these positive ratings. It's just like that. It's, it's an adjective downpour. They inundate you with descriptive words and connotations. Like, warm, funny, cinematically rich. The, the, the uniqueness of women, the feminineness, beauty, all forms and imperfections. Let's go. What's the ones I read before? The, the candy colored Trojan horse. Sweetness, satire, and fun. Let me see. Uh, yeah, okay. So maybe I exaggerated the, 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 the frequency of it, but when I hear those, those kinds of reviews, I just be like, oh God, like somebody is trying to blow smoke up my ass. It's like, I don't mind smoke up my ass, but like at least just, you know, I prefer it to be a surprise per se. Like, you know, like you don't need to walk me down the, okay, so I'm spreading open your anus. I'm inhaling a large cloud of, of CO2. Like, fuck up, man. Nobody needs all that. Just say what you thought about the movie. I'll just, just, just be direct and simple. This language. Kayla Kumari Upadaya. Barbie does something, oh, auto straddle. Barbie does something more than just highlight the ridiculous and limiting nature of external and internalized misogyny. Good Lord. Barbie isn't this, uh, no, no. Rob Gonsalves, Rob's movie vault. Barbie isn't the satire some may have been hoping for, fangs dripping with pink blood. It's a classic Horatian satire, tickling its target on the tummy instead of disemboweling it. Ooh. In English, please. Find another uh, rotten, and I'll stop this. Couple more rottens. Okay, we got one from Ed Whitfield. 
the Ood train. Joseph Goebbels, the Nazi propaganda minister in charge of the wartime German film industry, believed the most effective use of the medium was to bury the message in ostensibly innocuous genre fare. You'd sense he'd have found Gerwig's film a bit much. That was also wordy, but at least it went somewhere. Like, I figured out he, he didn't like it, and it wasn't because of in the corner. One more. One more. John Urbansich, J Movies. After a sweet and funny first 20 minutes, the performance of Ryan Gosling as the ever clueless Ken and a grandly overstated feminist soliloquy by America Ferreira as a former Barbie mom become hip highlights of this more silly than clever movie. That was a bit of a mouthful, but like I said, he got somewhere with it. So we've heard it's sexist. We've heard it's Gerwig's best. Ryan Gosling is an afterthought. Like, uh... I don't know, man. Even though this is 90% from the critics, I'm not even gonna I'm not even gonna scoot on over to the 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 people. Okay, I'll read a couple people. I've already seen it twice and seeing it a third time. Okay, that working. We can stop there. So I think this brings me to the conclusion that uh I can't really form an accurate opinion on on the movie. One, I haven't seen it, and two. For some reason, I give the Rotten Tomato reviews a little more weight than I give the Certified Fresh reviews. I'm just going to have to go watch this movie myself. I'll probably... Oh, God. I'll probably do it tomorrow. So, on Friday, I can... If I'm still alive, that is. By Friday, I can give you guys my honest take of it. And uh you have my word. I won't skip out on it. You have my word. I'll arrive at the movie theater early to watch all the trailers for all the upcoming movies. And I will take no more than one bathroom break, which will consist of no longer than 90 seconds. I will not skip out on this movie. I will watch it in its entirety. I will laugh if I find something funny. I will vomit on the movie gourd to my immediate left or right if I find something horrendous. And um, I will sit through it in its entirety. And when I emerge from, from hell itself, I will give you guys an uh, uh, ob objective take on this, on this stunning film. Do you, you, have, you have my word. I will, I will watch the movie. And and try to enjoy it. Kill me now. All right. This one, courtesy of the Daily Wire. Wisconsin school district sued after teacher's gender transition announcement by Mayred Mayred Elordi. God, I hope I said that right. Quote, all I'm asking for is a school district to provide what was told to my children. A parent is suing Wisconsin school district after school officials announced a teacher's gender transitions to students as young as elementary school without parental notification. Leah Buckman, a mother in the Eau Claire area school district in western Wisconsin, filed a complaint Monday accusing the district of violating open records and law keeping open records law and keeping parents in the dark about the teacher's gender transition announcement. 
On June 5th, the second to last day of the school year, all orchestra students at North Star Middle School were gathered in the orchestra room with orchestra teacher Jacob Puccio, a school counselor and the district's diversity, equity, and inclusion director. For fuck's sake. Dang Yang, according to the complaint. <laughs> My man's name is Dang Yang. The district's diversity, equity, and inclusion director is Dang Yang. That's our little pedo to you. Man, the middle school students were told that Puccio, the orchestra teacher, would be undergoing a gender transition from male to female, according to the lawsuit. Music students at three elementary schools and one high school in the district also allegedly read a scripted statement about the, gender, the teacher's gender transition. Buckman, the mom who sued the district, initially requested a copy of the scripted statement but was denied, she said. Bookman has children in both the middle school orchestra and the high school band. An attorney for the school district allegedly said the document could not be released because an investigation was ongoing into whether any school employee had acted improperly around the June 5 announcement. Bullshit. Okay, that's a lie. Bullshit. After the school's refusal to produce the statement, Buckman filed her lawsuit along with the Wisconsin Institute for Law and Liberty, Will. Quote, all I'm asking for the school district is to provide what was told to my children and their peers in the classroom. As a parent, it's my responsibility to help my kids understand all that life throws their way, and I do not understand why it has taken the school district so long to update parents. It's ridiculous for a school district to refuse to produce a statement that was read out loud to dozens of minor students in several district classrooms. What was told to these kids should really be accessible to parents, said Will Attorney Corey Brewer. Both the mom and her attorneys requested a copy of the scripted statement read to students under Wisconsin Open Records Law, and both were denied, they said. Quote, unfortunately, this investigation appears to not even have started yet. And given that the event occurred over a month ago, this raises the question of whether the district is simply stonewalling to prevent the release of this information to parents, Will said in the press release. Last year, the Eau Claire School District <clears throat> made headlines for instructing teachers to hide their students' gender identity transitions from their parents, during a February 25th staff training. What? Hold on. The Eau Claire, Clearwater School District made headlines for instructing teachers to hide their students' gender identity transitions from their parents during a February 25th staff training. <sighs> okay. Uh, parents are not entitled to know their kids' identities. Read a slide from the presentation. That knowledge must be earned. Are you, f bro, are you fucking kidding me? Are you, f bro, like, for real, nigga? Like, for real. Like, for real. Parents are not entitled to know their kids' identities. That knowledge must be earned. Like, why, wh whoever said that should be rotting in prison, like, this second, like, yesterday. The fuck? I continue. Teachers are often straddling this complex situation, the slide continued, adding that the district's priority is supporting the student. The training sparked outrage among parents at the time as well as it fucking should. This is that child worship, weirdo, pedophile nonsense. This is pedophilia right here. Straight up. I don't give a fuck how you chop this shit up. This is some child worship and, and not in the good way. Not like you would worship the Lord, like, like you would worship the devil. It's fucking weird, dude. Like, it's, please explain to me a narrative. And when school districts are conspiring 
to keep to, to to not inform them of what the fuck is going on with other people's children like in what culture and what world is that shit acceptable like these people think they're god in what world is it even remotely accessible to to harbor the thought temporarily that it's okay to do this like if i just drop my son off at daycare when i pick him up he better look exactly the same way as the fuck when I dropped him off. Maybe a couple applesauce stains on his shirt collar. But he better be 99.99% identical to the child I dropped off here. And if he starts saying some shit around me that I know he ain't got from me, you ain't heard that shit from me. Oh, it's a fucking rap. My, my nigga, it's a rap. Like not not like a two chains verse, nigga. It's a rap, like Dunzo. Like I'm probably gonna go to prison because I am totally and 100 percent comfortable and willing to physically harm somebody over the well being of my child. Like I don't have children, but if I did, I would I would be as defensive of my children as Cruz D'Amato was defensive of fucking Mike Tyson. <laughs> Like, bitch, if you ever speak, if you even blink in my child's direction, I will ring you out in broad daylight. Like, I would, I would violate you physically. Like, I would fuck you up. Because that's how important defending the well-being and integrity of my children is to me. Like, there is no fucking way this would ever, this would ever fly. Ever. Ever. Nigga, do you hear me? Everybody on that fucking school board who took part in that meeting or had any kind of knowledge of that shit needs to be in prison right now. Right now. Fuck a due process. Like, your due process was gone when you took the due process of my children away, you bitch. There's no way. This is outrageous. I'm talking about, I gotta earn my kid's identity like that's mental illness if somebody said if i heard like that's some that's some banter i expect from like some some homeless fucking guy on the side of the road or some shit or some guy like howling at the fucking sun or some shit Whew. good hit. yeah this, this is not these are not statements that I find flattering leaving the mouths of adults who work on a fucking school board. Not okay. <clears throat> this is 100% not okay. I'm 100% behind this lawsuit because I'm also 100% sure that this isn't the first time this has happened. Saw a YouTube short of another mother who had to take this shit to court. Because she wanted to get a, 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 a curriculum. She wanted to see a rubric for what the students would be learning that year. And they told her she had to go to the courthouse and, and file a claim with the, with, the, with the clerk of public records or some shit like that. And she did this shit so many times and was denied each time. It's like how insulting that must be as a parent. I'm not a parent. But if I were a parent and I entrust my child into this school district thinking that they got my child's best interest at heart and this is the finished product, I'm ready to fucking assault people. 
Like this is a, a outrageous miscarriage of civil duty. This is some satanic, demonic, <laughs> weird ass, <laughs> off the wall shit. I don't know where this came from. Don't want to know where it came from. I wanted to go where the fuck back it came from. Go away. This is pure evil. This is pure fucking evil. There is no angle to defend this type of behavior. Everybody at school board need to be completely washed out. Even the people that didn't have nothing to do with it. Cause we just can't take the chance that you knew something and didn't say shit. Like it, may, it ain't it ain't all personal. But nigga, everybody up here got to go. We need to drain that whole swamp for real, for real. That's fucking outrageous. Everyone on that board need to be tried before jury. And the ones directly responsible for this and the ones peripherally responsible for this, they ass need to be rotting in a cell by dinner time. You hear me? By fucking dinner time. This shit is this shit is nuts, bro. Once again, courtesy of the Daily Wire, LeBron James' son suffers cardiac arrest during basketball workout, courtesy of Zach Jewell. NBA star LeBron James' 18-year-old son, Bronny, was rushed to the hospital Monday after suffering a cardiac arrest during a basketball workout at the University of Southern California. A spokesperson for the James family confirmed Bronny's medical scare and added that the incoming freshman at USC is now in stable condition and out of the ICU. TMZ Sports reported... Sources told TMZ Sports that a 9-11 call was made from UFC's facility at 9.26 a.m. Monday, and Bronny was unconscious as first responders rushed him to the hospital. Yesterday, while practicing, Bronny James suffered a cardiac arrest. Medical staff was able to treat Bronny and take him to the hospital, the James family spokesperson said. He is now in stable condition and is no longer in ICU. We ask for respect and privacy for the James family, and we will update media when there is more information. LeBron and Savannah wish to publicly send their deepest thanks and appreciation to the UFC medical and athletic staff for their incredible work and dedication to the safety of their athletes, spokesperson said. Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin, who collapsed on the field after suffering a cardiac arrest during a game in January, tweeted Tuesday that he is praying for the James family. Prayers to Bronny and the James family as well as, you know, prayers to the Bronny and the James family as well. Here for you guys, just like you have been here for me my entire process. Ronnie, the eldest child of the NBA great, committed to USC as a four-star recruit and as a McDonald's All-American in high school. He is ranked as the 20th best player and 6th best point guard in the class of 2023, according to ESPN. Ronnie, who is widely expected to play in the NBA in the coming years, has already signed record-breaking name, image, and likeness deals, NIL, with companies such as Nike, Beats by Dre, and PSD Underwear, valued at $7.2 million, Sports Illustrated reported. Well, uh, yeah, I was going to touch on a DeMar Hamlin thing as well because that's twice this year for something that's pretty rare. And first and foremost, I, I echo the sentiments of everybody else. I wish nothing but the best for the James family. Like, I don't care how you feel about LeBron James and Michael Jordan debate or whether he like all that. All that shit is not – this is bigger than basketball. This is bigger than athletics. Like, you know, this is this man's family. This is his seed, you know, up-and-coming athlete. Got a huge, huge, bright future ahead of him. And to go through this, I'm sure is fucking is beyond scary. It's like I'm tragedy exists. I get it. Tragedy in the sports world, especially over beloved athletes, is a unique kind of pain. As the fan, like I know the pain as the fan could never compare to the the pain as as the family member or the loved one of somebody who's going through this. And the difference between 
Bronny and Demar Hamlin is Demar Hamlin took a blow to the chest. Like he 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 was involved in the collision, and I'm gonna talk about what what I, I looked up in his when I because I knew I was gonna I was gonna draw this parallel anyway if the article hadn't and I looked into it and they went in depth into the condition that he experienced. It's called commotio cordis. And I'm gonna talk a little bit about that after I finish up, you know, or, you know, finish touching on Bronny. But this just happened and it makes you wonder, I don't, like, is, is it the pressure? Is it the the quality of workouts nowadays? Like, what is it? Like, how how is this happening? Cause this happened and he he took no blow. Like I could see if he was in like mixed martial arts, he was a boxer or you know football things were like those kind of collisions. Maybe hockey, even you know soccer a little bit. This is where that potential to collide miraculously and and powerfully. That's where the potential for that shit lies. But you know it's just, it's just scary. To see it happen like twice in a year like that, like all these heart conditions. And of all people, like not saying that Bronny is any more or less valuable because he's LeBron James' son, but it's just like of all people, like you just really kind of wouldn't expect for it to happen to. Like DeMar Hamlin, like wasn't like a breakout, like league leading household name. Like, he, you know, he was on that Bills roster during that playoff game, but. He doesn't have the notoriety that LeBron James has, that Bronny James has by proxy. So it's like, when it happens to people like that, it's, it's a scary, but like humbling reminder of like, just how fragile life is and how, how serious this shit can get. Like, fuck around and find out. Like, this shit is not a game. Life is, is, is a very valuable and delicate thing that if you don't value it, even if you do value it, that shit can be altered, snatched, changed. Like it's a lot of things that can happen that you and you can't possibly be prepared for all of them. So, you know, I wish the best, healthiest, and speedy recovery to Bronny James. They said he's in stable condition now. That's wonderful news. I'm absolutely delighted and 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 relieved to hear that information. Uh, best wishes and 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 positive vibes sent to LeBron James and the LeBron James family. The Los Angeles Lakers organization, University of Southern California, all of it. Like, you know, just this is something that we would just kind of like to not have to revisit. This is a minor hiccup, just, you know, one bump on the on the lengthy road of success and, and positive things on that behalf. Now to quickly touch on what I wanted to, this commotio cordis. Now, this is coming from the American Heart Association. This is an article. On their page, he's talking about DeMar Hamlin talking about his return to football. And he said, uh, let me see we can find the right spot in this. Da, da, da. Near fatal collapse Monday night football. Here, yeah, not that, not that. Hamlin's collapse after being hit in the chest while making a tackle on January 2nd left millions wondering how a run-of-the-mill play could stop an athlete's heart. Commotio cordis requires several things to go exactly right or exactly wrong. Skipping down. What is commotio cordis? Commotio cordis comes from the Latin for agitation of the heart. It was first described in the 1700s, but most of what is known about it has been learned since the 1990s. But simply, it's a rare cardiac arrest immediately following a blow to the chest. The impact induces a potentially lethal heart rhythm disturbance or arrhythmia called ventricular fibrillation. 
Tomaselli said. What does it look like? What viewers witnessed when Hamlin collapsed was typical, said Dr. Barry J. Marin, a cardiologist at LaHaye Hospital and Medical Center in Burlington, Massachusetts, who was watching the game. I saw it in real time, said Marin, as Hamlin took what seemed to be a routine blow, then staggered and collapsed. That was a commotio cordis event. Moran, uh, who has spent decades doing pioneering research on commotio cordis, was not aware of Hamlin's official diagnosis prior to Tuesday's announcement, but he said last week that after a blow to the chest, a person can tolerate arrhythmia for a few seconds before collapsing. Marin said in one memorable case, a second baseman playing softball was struck by a line drive in the chest. The ball dropped right, right in front of him. He reached down, picked the ball up, threw the runner out, and then collapsed and died. Now that's fucking scary. Got just lying in the chest. He reached down, picked it up, threw the runner out, and then just died. Dying. Just like that. <laughs> now let me stop. But uh, how rare is it? There's no way to know exactly how common commotio cordis events are, said Marin, who helped founded the U.S. Commotio Cordis Registry in 1995. Reporting cases to the registry is voluntary, but they are for sure very, very rare. A scientific review just published last month in the JACC Clinical Electrophysiology identified only 334 cases dating back to 1980, which I think is still quite a bit it's not thousands, but that's still pretty high. Who was most often affected? In the recent scientific review, 94% of victims were male and their average age was 19. A little less than two-thirds of the cases involved sports, and most of those involved a projectile such as a baseball or softball. Among the non-sports cases, about three-fourths involved insult, and seven were from motor vehicle, uh, 7% were from motor vehicle accidents. Commotio cordis has been caused by snowballs, sibling scuffles, and falling off bikes. Children have died after being struck by toy bats, t-balls, or plastic sleds. Younger people are more susceptible to commotio cordis because their chests are less developed and more pliable, Tomaselli said, and they're more likely to be doing something, such as playing sports, that could put them at risk. There's no data on whether physical differences might protect females, he said, and their lower rates are probably related to the fact that boys and young men in the past have been more likely to participate in sports. Overwhelmingly, Tomaselli said, commotio cordis occurs in people who have had no underlying heart disease. What exactly has to go wrong for a seemingly simple blow to stop to, 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 to stop a heart? First, Marin said, the blow has to be over the heart. If it's, for example, on the right side of the chest, it's not going to trigger the arrhythmia. Second, it has to occur during a precise moment in a heartbeat. It's a very narrow time window, Thomas Ellie said, anywhere between 20 and 40 milliseconds. For comparison, an eye blink takes as much as 300 milliseconds. Wow. 20 to 40 milliseconds, milliseconds, and an eye blink takes as much as 300 milliseconds. So, like, that's, that's split, that's split, split second timing. Finally, the blow must not be too hard, not be too soft. It's kind of a Goldilocks phenomenon. If the blow is too intense, the heart gets bruised, and commotional quarters generally does not occur. A less intense blow, even a soft one, Mary said, could trigger the problem. What sorts of safety measures are possible? It would be very hard to protect oneself from commotion quarters, Marin said. People have died despite wearing chest protection. Children have died from gently tossed balls that have bounced off a glove. It's a bizarre occurrence. But proper training in how to respond can make a huge difference. That Marin helped a 2015 AHA and American Colleague of Cardiology Scientific Statement that Marin helped write showed that survival rates decreased in decade, recent decades to nearly 60% by 2012. Tomaselli agreed that the best preventative measure would be to have more people able to recognize and respond to a cardiac arrest by calling 911, knowing how to perform effective CPR, and making sure automated external defibrillators, or AEDs, are available for all sporting events. It's not so much prevention as it is prompt treatment, Tomaselli said.
what went right in DeMar Hamlin's case. With any cardiac arrest, survival depends on people nearby acting to correct the problem within seconds to minutes. Tomaselli said on January 2nd, the chain of survival began with immediately activating emergency medical personnel beginning CPR and using a defibrillator. The reason he did so well is because he was in a situation where there was prompt and effective response, Tomaselli said. He acted that when there is no underlying heart condition, someone who has experienced commotional cardiac should be able to turn to their usual activities. So that's what happened to DeMar, uh, DeMar Hamlin. And whilst it's similar to what happened to Bronny James, the missing element is the perfectly timed blow to the chest. Nonetheless, it's equally scary. It's equally frightening. And like he said, people need to know how to do CPR and how to be able to respond in a situation like that without panicking because panicking results in the death of everybody involved. We know that. That's not negotiable. So... With that being said, and this is on the fly off the top of my head, but I'm going to do this. By the end of the year, 2023, I, Chico DeManuel, will become a certified first aid. I will become first aid certified and perform a CPR op operating an AED the whole nine yards. How to help somebody's choking, how to perform the high, high, I will, I haven't done that since what? My freshman year of high school. But I will recertify and become up to date at my expense figure out the knowledge to be able to perform this, this, to perform these procedures in a tense and spur of the moment circumstance. And I will keep it renewed and active at all times for the remainder of my life. I will make that pledge today on the Chico Demanuel show and it will be upheld by the end of 2023. You can rest assured. People need to know about this. It's serious because it could happen to you. They said children being struck in the chest with toy bats have killed them trigger commotio cordis that's fucking frightening and it's not so much as prevention as in prompt response what more need you say thanks for listening to the chico demanuel show i really appreciate it if you want to be a supporter of the show you can send donations through cash app to the to the cash tag dollar sign pay chico now once again that's dollar sign p-a-y-c-h-i-c-o-n-o-w all one word i really appreciate it it would really help out a lot Thanks for listening. Until next time, I'll see you guys.